Podcast like a motherfucker. So, welcome to Amatime Podcast, episode 55 again, 55.6 right now? Yeah, yeah, 55.6. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's myself, Henry P. Miller, and I'm once more joined again with uh, the lovely voice of James McDonald from Ireland. Yeah, thanks for having me back again. So, today on the show, we are going to talk about the final round of the group stages, Um with House of War Tournament, and we're going to go over both of our games, and then talk about the next rounds, which is the knockout rounds. So, the way that the tournament works is that there's four groups, and then the top two people in each group go through to the final round, which is like a knockout tournament. So, something a little bit similar to like the NFL in, in America, like the top two teams in each group go through to the knockout stages, and then... It all goes down to one final Super Bowl at the end, and we see yeah. who's the best. Um, so before we start, I just want to do a quick shout out to myself. <laughs> <I'm>, uh, <laughs> I've started a hobby YouTube channel. It's called HPM Hobby. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, you can find it on Instagram, and you can find it also on Twitter if those things are what you're interested in. Um, it's basically going to be a mix of different hobby things that I'm getting up to. Um, I think I've done uh, a couple of videos now, one about how to build trees out of sprues and milliput. I've done one about freehand and also one yesterday which was about what type of sculpting material is the best to use in what situation. So if these things are something that you think that you might be interested in hearing about, you can go over to YouTube and have a look at my channel. I will put a link in the show notes. So, with now I've uh, blown my own trumpet, let's go into House of War round four. So, um, we looked at the the way that the tournament was set up for the final round was that we both needed big wins, right? Yeah, so I think we both needed 20s to have a chance of qualifying. Yeah, because we were oh, like when we were ten, well, we were twenty points behind Jeff, right? Yeah, and so he, he was, was on fifty, much... and we were on thirty-three or something. So yeah. we had like a massive gap. But there were six people who technically could come either first or second, depending on the scores. So yeah, I mean, Jeff had to really fuck up. Like, if if Jeff got something like six points, and he was guaranteed to go through. Yeah, yeah. So I think once he got like a small. Small loss, even it was fine, but then it was all to play for for second. So yeah, it uh, it was pretty interesting. So you have half the group still competing, which is good. Yeah, and that was quite cool. And and yeah, what what was the prediction for for your game? Um, I assumed it was going to be a big smash up, and I was hoping I'd win. So I told myself I'd win because <laughs> you've always got to back yourself. Exactly. And yours was similar, I think, was it? You just decided you were gonna. Yeah, I was kind of like. Well, in reality, it's probably a reasonably small win, maybe a 13 or something like that, if if all things considered, and we're playing it honest. But yeah. uh, I wasn't playing it honest. I wanted to go for the big wins, try and, try and go through the round. And yeah. um, I figured I needed about 
Uh, based on the predictions that we made, I needed about a 14 or a 15 to uh, assuming that I think was it Trent and someone else who were playing against each other. Uh, yeah, Trent was playing Frank. I think. Yeah, Trent and Frank. I, I was kind of assuming that those guys would be draw-ish. So if, yeah. if one of those guys got a 12, I needed about a, a 15 or something to to kind of qualify. Second, yeah. Wasn't yeah. So I, I was really going for it in this game. So shall we take my game first? Um, yeah, you played first, I think. Didn't you? Yeah. So there was four games that could yeah. influence it. There was you, me... Marcus and Frank were playing. Oh no, Frank, Marcus and Jeff and yeah. then Trent and Frank. Yeah, so, so I didn't take that many pictures, <laughs> but I did take some pictures. So if you're watching at home, uh, you, on YouTube, you can you can see the the UB screen up now on the browser. So what we have here is the the bottom of turn two. Um, the do you remember what the scenario was, James? It was. Uh, secure target, the two pennies kind of one. Yeah, so you can see the two crowns um, here. One is roughly in the middle of the table, and the other one is um, towards the right. Fuck. Who placed the pennies first? The crowns. So it was Matt who won the roll to deploy uh, or to choose sides, and he chose the bottom. Right. And okay. I thought that it was more important for me to get the matchups that I wanted. Yeah. Rather than um, to go first, because I I wanted to make sure that my knights got into the ghouls, and my barragard didn't get charged by ghouls. All right. So I wanted the barragard against the barragard, yeah. and um, it was important for me to uh, avoid the ghouls with the barragard and try and get my knights into the barragard. Which and, penny did you put down? Was yeah, it the... so, so because Matt uh, chose the deployment zone, he put his penny in the middle, which was ah, okay, probably right. sensible because um, he had the hill and he could kind of zone it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that allowed me to put one behind the impassable terrain, which was mm. a, a huge benefit to me because that means that all I need to do is just hide a, a, a scoring unit behind there and he has to kind of it makes it very difficult for him to root it out if it's behind the impassable. Yeah, it makes your life very easy. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So And then um, after trying to trading off trap a bit, he dropped to go first, which was perfectly fine with me. Um, he moved up a bit. He tried to snipe my necromancer, which he didn't do. And then um, it was my turn. I, I moved up a bit as well. I think I didn't do get too much off in the magic phase oh actually no um so he raised a new unit around where the wall is okay a unit of zombies that was like one of the spells that he got off because i right. used all my dice to dispel the snipe from the necromancer and so in my turn i just charged the, the zombies with the barragard and the vampire uh deleted mm. them and reformed to face the center again and then mm. um in, and I, I used my magic phase to buff up the Barragard because he had, he was always putting the Witchcraft attribute onto his Barragard, which are in the center of the of the deployment zone. So if you if you're looking at the on the YouTube video, you have um, on the left the the ghouls with the banshee. On the in the middle, you have the Barragard with the banshee and the vampire 
then the zombies with the necromancer to their right, and then to their right, another unit of ghouls. And then behind them, the two units of wing reapers. So, as I said, I, I moved up the barrow guard in the front, in the middle, and kind of got rid of his chaff. And then, um, and then in his turn, he moved a banshee out to chaff up the barrow guard again. I'm not really sure what he was trying to do here, but I was just happy to take the three points. Yeah, if there's no real threat coming out of it, it's not. Yeah. And I don't know how he got his phantom host up there. I don't really remember, but maybe he... Um, I think he maybe Raven's winged them. Yeah. To chaff the ghouls. Yeah. And so I, just, I was like, well, I'm just going to charge them, and eventually I'm going to grind through because they're not going to do so much damage to me. And I yeah. have the two Banshees in there, which can do magical damage. And I can also right, cast yeah. um, the Glory of Gold spell onto the onto the Ghouls as well to, to give them magical attacks. So I, I kind of took that charge and then used my Bat Swarms to chaff his Ghouls for the counter charge. And to make sure that the Barragard uh, wouldn't get flanked by the, by the Ghouls on the left. So yeah, in my in my this is my kind of my second turn right now. What are you looking at? Uh, so I charged in the the vampire knights on the right into the ghouls, uh, chaffed the ghouls on the left with the bat swarms, charged into the banshee, knowing full well that I would pop it on combat res and just reform and face the barragard. And I, I'm trying to sneak both the, of the varkalax around the side to yeah, kind of get the to the are in nice spots too. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of too far away from the wing reapers, or just outside the charge arc, and uh, just threatening the rear of all of his units, trying to get to the necromancer. So yeah. in the situation here in the right with the vampire knights, I knew that he could charge his wing reapers in on the corner of the of the vampire knights. But the vampire knights are so good against the ghouls because they have a lot of attacks, and the horses also do quite well because they're strength four. And I had the the vampire on the revenant. Um, to kind of follow up with the charge if I if I needed to, but I actually figured I might just crumble away the the vamp, the, the wing reapers if they charged in on the corner because only, yeah, only one of them just can get, get to attack. Yeah, it's always the fear with vampires, I guess, isn't it? So yeah, you go to support something and you just lose boats then. Yeah, so that wasn't like a too risky charge for me, even though the wing reapers could do a lot of damage against the vampire knights. Um. So we're going to change now to the next turn, I believe it is. So as we discussed, pretty much what happened happened. Um, in his turn, he charged the bat swarms; they crumbled and died. He charged the wing reapers into the vampire knights, and he charged his barrow guard into my barrow guard. Um, in the magic phase, he did some sneaky shenanigans. He cast Touch of the Reaper off on my Necromancer, and I was I was a bit I wasn't sure whether I should dispel it or should focus my dice on stopping the combat buffs to the the Barragard fight, and I went for the latter. And basically, what happened was he he rolled um, three hits on the Necromancer and did two wounds, right. which was pretty bad. Yeah, uh, but it's okay. I but guess. it's okay. He's still alive. And then um, that was his first spell. And then he cast a couple of combat buffs that I dispelled. 
Yeah. And then um, and then he used ancestral aids, or what's it called? Hasten the hour. Hasten the hour on the necromancer yeah. to take the final wound. And uh, yeah. that was pretty pretty good play by him. So my necromancer died that turn, but um, luckily nothing crumbled. He's your general, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I did have the flammable attribute from casting Glory of Gold on the spirit, uh, the Phantom Host, the turn before on his Barrowguard, which gave me reroll to wound. Nice, right? So, so there was there was some stuff. The Necromancer had from beyond the grave had uh, helped out a little bit. Yeah, it's so in good. in the combat phase. Um, Basically, the Wing Reaper did absolutely nothing to the to the knights. I think I took one wound from the ghouls, and they slowly crumbled away because I my rolls were pretty good against the ghouls. Um, in the Phantom Host combat, um, I I crumbled the Phantom Hosts with my ghouls and the two banshees, which you can see have moved into base contact. Yeah. Um, the bat swarm the bat swarms crumbled away, and he elected to overrun to try and get um. A double six into the ghouls, which was which he failed. I think he rolled double one. Uh, so now he's just handed you a charge. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that meant that the ghouls had a few options in the next turn. And in the Barrowguard combat, he did one wound on my general. Oh, sorry, okay. on the BSB. Yeah. And uh, we both took a bit of damage. But I think I won combat, combat because of my static and legion banner. And he crumbled by one or two. Right. You're, uh, he's given up as well on Zone and the Varkalax, it seems, at that point. Yeah, he's... exactly. And I think w moving the Wing Reapers into the middle was probably, at this point, a good idea because me hunting the Necromancer with the Varkalax is kind of inevitable at this point. Now he's committed. Yeah. And he, he's went kind of balls out at you. He's gone for the big win. Yeah. Which is completely understandable as well. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, it's how you have to play at this point. <laughs> but. I think against vampires it's hard, especially when you're both vampires, because yeah. the one that gets to take the charges and heal up is usually in a good spot. So Yeah. So that was that was his turn three. And then yeah. in my turn, um I charge my I, I, I realized that the, the barrel guard combat was the most important combat of the game. So I, I could have charged the ghouls with the two banshees into his ghouls with one banshee, and by law of averages, I probably should have won that fight and eventually ground him out. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of thought, well, it's probably better for me to actually charge in against the Barrowguard because um, I really need to win that fight. So just by charging in and having two Banshees and a few Ghoul attacks is going to give me quite a bit of combat res. Yeah, and then you can have both units free to deal with yeah. the Ghouls, and, ideally. And the way that, it, way that they would go in would mean that they were out of arc of the Ghouls themselves, so I wouldn't get charged. If you fail it, you're in trouble, though. Probably. Yeah, I think it was like a, a five on two, on two dice. Ah, okay, right. So, so it wasn't. Bad. I think it was a 10-inch charge. Nice. Or or a nine inch, yeah, I think it was a ten inch ten inch charge or something like that. So a six. Cool. Um, so I charged in the ghouls into the corner of the barricade, and I also charged in the monstrous revenant into the flank of the ghouls, because I figured 
uh, a charge and a flank and some extra wounds from that guy would also be pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um, I could have charged him into the Wing Reapers as I planned, but they they were crumbling pretty fast, and with with all my attacks against the Ghouls, I, I thought I might be able to crumble them. Yeah, I think you're okay there. And the Varkalak can come in and yeah, exactly. save the day, I suppose, if he needs to. But. Yeah. So both both charges into the Barragard, and then the Zombies, which are now down to five guys. I think he was doing some kind of magic on them to reduce them. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Um, oh no, they, they crumbled from the... They were the one unit that crumbled from the general. Yeah. Sure. And then the zombies moved over to take the objective on the right, which is behind the impassable. So that was kind of the plan all along. Yeah. Now I just need to make sure that they stay alive. So the next slide is... Let me see if I can pull it up with the stream. Uh, yep. So this is after my turn four. Right. So you've countercharged in, beaten so, up some Barragard. Yeah. I countercharged in, he lost a load of Barragard, and he took two wounds on his vampire from my vampire attacking him. I was shrank seven, and I was like, well, I'm only going to get one chance to pump him. Yeah. And the vampire managed to do two wounds against him um, and I crumbled the unit a bit more um, yeah, looking good. I killed loads and loads of ghouls and I think I crumbled the reapers the reapers yeah and yeah. Turned, turned to face his zombies and reapers who, which were kind of on the hill Right. so at this point you're looking at a pretty good position to yeah so he could have charged his wing reapers into the vampire knights if he wanted to but I think he made probably the right call at this point in the game to charge them into the ghouls mm, yeah probably uh, I will I will say that his dice for his previous unit of wing reapers were really bad I think in two or three combat rounds he didn't roll any wounds against the vampire knights mm, he was hitting the fours but... and just rolling like shit <laughs> Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, but I suppose when it's one ring reaper, if you just have a small bad spike, it's going to be more. Yeah, exactly. So more yeah, effective. he he charged into the, the ghouls with the the two wing reapers, and I think he just reformed his zombies just to just to get just to make sure because he at this point with two Varkalax and the and the vampire knights, he, he kind of knew that the necromancer was not going to last very long, so he yeah. just kind of accepted it at this point. Um, and the, the barrel guard were way too low to to kind of make a big difference and obviously the ghouls just turned to face so um, th then in my turn um, I think I just charged everything into the necromancer bunker and I think at this point the, his whole his whole battle line had crumbled and he conceded yeah makes sense yeah so you got the score you needed. Yeah, so I got I got the big twenty that was uh, required of me. So mm. I was actually looking pretty pretty set at fifty three points at the top of the leaderboard after after the first round of game. Like obviously everyone else is still yet to play, but uh, I was pretty happy with with my with my result there. Yeah, I think when you texted me and said you got to twenty, I was just like, oh fuck, because that meant I had to go get a twenty as well to draw. With you. <laughs> Yeah, because we were on the same points, so, right? Yeah, so the pressure was now on to 
<laughs> it was 20 or bust at that point. Yeah. So um, how about your game? I'm just going to pull up... Uh... So this is... Uh... So for those watching on YouTube, this is going to be James's game. Uh, who are you playing against? You're playing against Ollie. So right? I'm playing against Ollie that you played round two. Yeah, maybe? the warriors with the two yeah. chosen lords and and the two yeah, Beldraks so and the lords. chariot. Yeah, and the unit of knights and some stuff. Yeah, so, so who, who chose the deployment zone? And It looks like he's dropped for the first already. He has dropped, yeah. So it was marching columns, so he won the roll-off. He started dropping from the left, so I started dropping from the left also. So I put down a wheel... Or, sorry, he put down the flares, I put down a wheel, he put down the knights, I put down the other wheel. Because I was like, hmm, if he's like feigning here that he's going to like jump everything over the other side of the house at this point, then I can like, the two wheels can just come back or they can shoot while they're moving and it's not too bad. Yeah. Then he put down the feldrack. I was like, right, cool, two wheels can probably do a feldrack. And I dropped some foot pads, but I was always going to go further over to the right so that I could get the right hand objective so it looks like he's cornering pretty hard here. so yeah so then all of a sudden I was expecting him to drop like wider so that he could come around me but he just corners with everything okay so what? I was like oh because okay. he says he's going to drop for first and I was like oh okay he's dropping for first why, would you, gonna... why would you drop for first if you're cornering I'm not sure but he dropped for first and cornered with warriors so this completely true like any plan I had <laughs> <laughs> and because we knew your score, I needed twenty. He needed eighteen. Okay. And so was it? Was he? He wasn't playing for the win then, surely. So no. At this point, he said that he hadn't been beaten in like ten games with the Warriors or something like that. So he was basically just playing not to lose. Okay. So at this point, come on, Ollie. Both of us come on, Ollie. Competition. Yeah. So we were. We were halfway through deployment and he'd already like knocked out both their chances of yeah. catching up with you and breaking out a group. So I was kind of, for a minute, I was like, hmm, do I go and push at him? Do I try and root him out of the corner and get the 20, break his win streak or his unbeaten streak or whatever it is and go for it? But I reckoned it was too risky that like if I ran at him, he was just going to pick my units up bit by bit because I think he outfights me and I think he could actually like run at me and beat me. Do you don't think the disciples just delete stuff? Oh, he's got the five up toxic ages. Uh, yeah, true, true. It's just risky, and I think the two lords just eat whatever they touch. If I get combo charges on him, I can. But I think I'm one on one, or even maybe two on one with certain things. Like he wins. So I need to play a perfect game to do it. I didn't reckon I had it in me. <laughs> so I went and got you're a couple back of cans yourself. out of the fridge you chat all the shit saying you're going to win 20 now and then you've got to back know, yeah, yourself when you cornered, actually play like, yeah but then he cornered I didn't think he cornered so <laughs> I was just like alright so then I if you scroll down to the next one I deployed like so I so guess this is the end of his first turn this is the end of his first turn so I vanguarded up a little bit and he has thrown some missiles at the wheels and he still hasn't left his corner. No. So I was still if kind of wondering. he's got oh, more into the corner. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe he's going to like do a mad burst out of the corner now that I've like kind of split my forces into. And like he's going to burst at the wheels and then try and flank me. Mm -hmm. But no, he just kind of stayed where he was. 
secured his corner and uh, did two wounds to the wheel with uh, Hellfire or I think it was Touch of the Reaper or something. Okay. Did, so in, in your turn, did you manage to do some wounds to that um, Feldra at Elden? Yeah. So my turn, I decided I was going to push both wheels within 18 and shoot so just, at the Elder. Just to interrupt you, James, one second. Um, for those okay. people listening on the podcast, um, James has deployed um, quite wide. Compared to Ollie, who's basically have the whole Warriors of the Dark Gods army in about 18 inch by 18 inch of the top left corner of the table. Um, yeah. <laughs> James has his two wheels in the bottom left, his disciples kind of holding the center of the table. Um, both unit of My- foot pads or the four unit of foot pads, two on each side, I guess, to go for the objectives. Yeah, and, they can take a run at Yeah, run. and then the. The, is it Vermingard? The Vermingard, yeah. Yeah, Vermingard kind of sat behind with the BSB, and then on the right side, he's got both Monstrous Rat chief, Chieftains? No. Uh, tyrants. Tyrants and, and, the, the, and the Vermin Demon on the right side. Yeah. So those guys are pretty quick. They can sweep around, is the plan. The Disciples can hold the middle, and because they're light troops, we can come forward and back and dance yeah. around for a bit. And the two wheels are just going to go up and harass that elder because I reckon I can go up, shoot him, do maybe two wounds on average. He needs a 10 to hit me on swift strides, which it's iffy, but hopefully he won't hit it. Yeah. Then I can shoot him some more, kill that. And then I can just start harassing his chaff because his block's too slow to chase down two wheels. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so what happened in your turn? Uh... So I shot at him, did no wounds. <laughs> So two, two wheels against the Feldrake. Yeah, did no wounds. Is it, hits, like is it hitting two, on fours and wounding on fours? Yeah, so it's like six shots hitting on fours, wounded on fives, and then multi-wounds. Okay. So it's it's like close, but... So you'd, you'd expect one so one wound to, to hit and go through, and, and then yeah. a couple of multi-wounds. Yeah, it turns into two with the multi. But yeah. Then, so he had the ten, I was like, oh yeah, whatever, it's fine, you know, just take the ten. He hits it, gets into the wheel, so I was like, ah, shit. Uh, so that's a bit annoying, but it's not awful. And I think if you go down to the next one, if we go back up, so <laughs> where... So it looks like from here, the, the Feldrack has kind of been yeah, deleted by... The Feldrack ate one wheel over yeah. time, and then the other wheel got got the Feldrack, I think, and then got zapped off off its last wound. Okay. So I've traded yeah. a wheel, or sorry, two wheels for a Feldrack, and that's essentially all that's happened so far. Yeah. Um, you, he's you've still... managed to get your your top monsters right around the, around the side of him? Yeah, so he's ran up the side. He's got 14-inch movement, and I think Ollie just was like, oh, I don't really care. So the Vermin Demon's standing in the middle throwing some magic missiles about the place, just trying to soften things up, because I reckoned if I can put wounds on everything, then, like the single models, he can't charge the Disciples, because I'm only then, like, a couple of sixes away from taking him off for Toxic at the very yeah. start. So, soften everything up, see if I can find a hole, but I wasn't going to go all out, because I think I'm just playing into his uh, advantage at that point. I have my Penny pretty secure, because he's going to have to come through my entire list to get it but I'm probably not getting near his one. Um, so at this point, I was debating with the monster's rat that's up the top if he should go for 
The Feldrek, I reckon, was probably a bad charge. He could go for... Yeah, maybe maybe with only only having done one wound. If you've done two, maybe it's a bit nicer. Yeah. I could go for the Chariot, which is res six, but I've got a breath weapon and I've got attacks. I've got like nine strength, five attacks and a toxic breath weapon. It might be okay. Um, and then I decided to go for the chariot. So in this turn, he kind of just turned around to look at where the monster rat might end up. Yeah. And then I charged into the chariot. It was way closer than I thought it would be, but I just about broke it. Yeah. I overran, and I needed like an eight maybe to hit the front of the knights from where he'd positioned when he turned around. Okay, so he's kind of turned his knights to the the right and also the chariot to the right. So if we look at the next one, the Sabertus top five. Yeah. Um, So I've beaten the chariot, it's fled... And then I missed the knights by like an inch. So now I'm just standing there in front of the knights and that's not where he needs to be. (laughs) So So this is the top of five. So literally nothing has happened apart from... Nothing has happened. We're both standing there. The two wheels trading for the Feldrak and you just charged and killed the chariot with a monster rat. So at this point I've given up on like there ever being a fight or there ever being anything interesting that's happening. And I decided the Vermilion should start zapping some chaff just to try and pick Get up some, some points. points. <laughs> and I'm praying that Chariot doesn't rally. Because if the Chariot doesn't rally, then the Monsters Rat dying isn't so bad because I'm up some points. Yeah. But if the Chariot rallies and the Knights pick up the Monsters Rat, then I've just handed them a TP or so. Yeah. So, yeah, we're still squaring off. He has a Relentless Company banner. On yeah, on the Warriors, right? Block. Yeah. So I'm waiting all game for like this big 15 inch march, and every turn I'm waiting, positioning, waiting to see like where could he throw him that I'm now like in trouble because there's two lords up my flank or something. Yeah. But he never like even pretended to want to do something with it. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, right, I'm standing here. You can't push at me, and I'm not pushing at you. And I was like, right, okay. Okay. But I was constantly afraid of overstepping in case he could like burst past me and then pick up the backfield and maybe yeah. win secondary or something. So, so what happened here? Did the warrior? Did the did the chariot so rally and did the warrior knights kill the, the monster? Chariot fled, went off the board, which is pretty good. And then the warrior knights charged into the rat. I think they fought it for like two turns, maybe, and battled. Yeah. And the vermin demon managed to zap off his both his chaff units and I think panicked the dogs or killed the dogs last turn maybe okay cool so I ended up picking up all the chaff and the chariot and I lost the monster's rat that's in the middle of his lines and then that was the end of the game okay so it looked pretty 10-10-y yeah so I think I was up like 170 victory points and that was it okay so, so it was a 10 10 yeah, it was a pretty low scoring game. Um, I think we killed like <laughs> fucking Ollie about, again. I had the same, yeah, pretty much the same thousand game points as, each. As so uh, yeah, I think he finished the event with like five thousand victory points, which for a Warriors army is like no <laughs> a game or two is worth. Yeah. One one twenty nil or yeah two <laughs> four four games of one thousand points. Yeah, that's uh, I mean. It's an interesting tactic. I've never seen a man corner and just draw three times with Warriors. 
I'm not I'm not sure what but he finished that, but... above me so clearly <laughs> like I'm doing it wrong and he's, yeah. he's doing it wrong. so maybe so yeah. um if if you were going to play this differently let's say like would you deploy differently or how would you try and force force the 20 on this game knowing how Ollie deployed I wasn't sure I was talking to a few people after and like if you go back to where I deployed like the wheels are probably a little bit wide but I was kind of hoping that if by putting the wheels out there he'd start to spread out to try and get them yeah I guess you didn't realise he was actually going to corner but I'm assuming that you had both had three units down at the point that he dropped yeah so he had the flayers knights and the elder down yeah and I had the two things and the footpads, two wheels and the footpads. Okay, so I think for me, it, I would have, I never, I never deploy, if he's going left to right on marching columns, I never deploy left to right. I think it's always much easier to, to deploy right to left, if so, they're, or the opposite of what they're deploying, because right. it gives you a bit more options. Let's let's say you you'd have you would have deployed right to left in this game. So what I would have done is started off with the footpads on the right. Yeah. And just then, dropped four footpads or whatever. Yeah, just drop the footpads and then drop the footpads. And then at this point you would have seen, okay, he's got warriors warrior knights behind the chaff. Yeah. And then then at this point you get okay, I'm gonna put a wheel down on this side, probably the the one to the right compared to the one that you've put down. Yeah. And then that would um, that would mean that if he, if he's just using the warrior knights to kind of hide behind the hill and then on the last turn jump up and take the objective, then you have that wheel to charge him or shoot him. So the wheel yeah. can then hunt the warrior knights. Yeah. And then what so 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 you can kind of you can kind of say okay, well my wheel's going to go there, but obviously you're not going to pull it down at that point. You probably could have at this point put down the vermin guards where they are, let's say. Yeah. And then, because your characters can go down anywhere, right? Yeah, they can break. And then at this point, he he would have dropped. So you would have had both wheels, all the characters, all the disciples, and two scoring units to kind of choose where you where you want to attack him. Yeah. So you could have you could have really engineered like a, a full frontal assault with the disciples, with the the wheels and the characters all backing it up, and then the two units are scoring behind them just to claim the objective. Yeah, and just tried to grab both objectives. And yeah, and, and really really pushed him hard if if you wanted to go down that route. Yeah, yeah, maybe that might have been the thing. Yeah, maybe that was the key was like deploying against like the opposite way to him. But. Yeah, but. I mean, well, what way I'd chosen to deploy when he cornered, I kind of had no choice other than to. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I guess it was a bit of a surprise. I think I, if I was playing Warriors in like the last round of a tournament and you both need a twenty, and I would have expected him to deploy on the right side as well. Yeah, or like spread out like mad because like he doesn't need bubbles, he doesn't need any of that stuff. He can run around, yeah. tower off footpads, just cause bother and like pick up some charges. But yeah, no, exactly. So. So, so this game ended 10-10, which meant I was still pretty much in the running for uh, finishing second at this point. Yeah, yeah, you were sitting there nicely. So you had Marcus and Jeff to play, and then Jeff was already pretty much true 
Yeah. He, or he was on he was on fifty. You were on fifty three. Yeah. I was on fifty three. So he had to yeah. kind of avoid. He had to get three or more points basically. Yeah, and then the other two guys needed so Frank and Trent. Someone needed what was it, fourteen maybe? To beat I think him? yeah. I think Frank or Frank or Trent needed fourteen to to beat me. Yeah. Which was I think we we predicted the game to be pretty tight. So I was pretty at this point I was quite confident that I was actually going to go through. But uh, I'll put the up the the results now. So so Trent actually beat Frank sixteen four, which was yeah. a bit annoying. So good win for Trent there. Very good job against the is it the dwarves? Yeah, so he played against the dwarves and it was like a really blocky vanguardy list. It's probably something hard to deal with. I don't suppose you saw the game. No, I didn't know. No. I uh, I saw a bit of Marcus's game against Jeff. So Marcus managed to be the only person to beat Jeff, but he didn't beat him by enough to, to get qualify. through. But uh, I think as well, Jeff was probably playing very conservative. I don't know, but he, I would imagine he didn't need a big win to uh, to go through. Yeah, I think I was talking to Marcus after, and Marcus said he really played for it. Like he still played for the win, even though yeah. he just needed like six points to be guaranteed first uh, place or something. Fair, fair play. So it was a solid game from Marcus then. Yeah, um, I think Marcus said what happened was his omen ate like 15 or 1600 points worth of stuff and just like ate his way through all the chariots and single models and did <laughs> omen things. Because we, we kind of said that it was pretty bad for the omen because uh, of the impact it's. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I thought he was just going to keep challenging but now the omen kind of worked his way through everything. I think he got to keep picking his charges and um, yeah, I think Max was really happy with how the game kind of panned out. He got the win. He's the only man to beat Jeff, so that was good going. Fair enough. And it was only by what eleven nine nine. So yeah, Jeff's still pretty untouched. Nobody's cracked the list properly. Yeah, so Jeff uh, number one at fifty nine points for the Warriors, and Trent number two with fifty five points for the Vermswarm. Myself with fifty three points, unbeaten. Just saying. Yeah, and a pretty good score considering yeah. it was an experimental vampire list that you picked up. Yeah, you say you say it picked up like I I stole it from someone. But this was no, my, no, my no, own creation. You that, like you just kind of decided to use for this event. No, yeah, I just stole it. Just a bit of a random thing. Uh, yeah. Marcus in fourth place with forty-seven. We had Ollie the corner master, fifth place on forty-six points, also unbeaten as he said. And then. Yeah. Um, James, yourself, with 43 points and Vermiswarm in 6th place. So it's pretty good going, 6th place. Yeah, I was happy. I'm, like, I'm not used to playing aggressive. I'm usually like Ollie and just corner up. So it's been a fun learning experience. I got like nearly 12,000 victory points, which is... Or 12... Yeah, 12,000 victory points, yeah. which is second, unusual as second, well. Second most victory points. So I was pretty no, pleased. Third, sorry. Fourth. third most, yeah. But I was pretty pleased third, with yeah. getting to pick up those and yeah it was fun um, I think 40, 43, 43 points or 4 games is pretty solid with an, an army that you're not that used to yeah it was okay and everybody I played ended up above me so I didn't get beaten by someone who didn't so I played Trent then I played who did I play after that oh I played Rob no Rob didn't finish above me so I played Trent Rob you and Ollie so yeah. it was good it was a tough couple of games I think it was interesting. I'm enjoying the Vermin Swarm. I think I'll stick with them for a while. Yeah, so it was a good choice to, to take the Vermin over the ID. Yeah, it was a nice change of pace from just shooting and pyro and things. And yeah. <laughs> it's good so, to change uh, it up a bit. 
So we neither of us got through, unfortunately. Uh, I was very close, just two tournament points in it. Okay, so James, what happens now? So we got knocked out, but uh, Trent and Jeff go on. Trent and Jeff go on, yeah. So Jeff gets to play the second place player from Group A, and Trent, because he came second, plays the first place player from Group A. So quarterfinal one is Amit Hindosha, the Team England captain, against Trent. So let's take a look at this matchup. Yeah, so we had a look at this, I think, the last episode. Yeah. We kind of predicted Amit would take it was the... coming at the top, yeah. yeah. And we liked it because it wasn't 40 Lemures and a bunch of hoarders. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's just uh, five chariots, <laughs> two blazing glories, <laughs> all the single ladies build. Yeah, but at least it's more interesting. Yeah. It's something different. Some MSU core and so, some MSU units. So loads of units. Um, yeah, and loads of chariots. five instances of the hereditary spell. Yeah. Just five marks of the internal champion. Yeah, why not? Um, so lots of pew-pew. And then let's just have a quick look over Trent's list. Yeah, so Trent has a vermin demon and some stuff. So... He might not like getting bolted five times a no, turn. but he does have divination. He does, which is quite good. And the catapult is okay against the small units. Do we know what the objective is? Um, maybe I'll look it up. So, it's gone. Depends. The objective is spoils of war. Okay, so three three things to pick up. The three things, yeah, that we carry around. So it's gonna be pretty close, I guess. Yeah, lots. Of, everyone's got a lot of scoring units. The pendulum's gonna be good to pick up one. Yes. Yeah. I don't think Amit can fight the pendulum. Mm, probably not. I mean, well, if, if he gets, he, he can probably put the horde thrashes into into it and just destroy all the brotherhood. To be honest. Yeah, and win combat. Like if he gets it's one still of them, going to be a stubborn nine pendulum. Not Even if the rank, not if the ranks are gone. Yeah, uh, the vermin demon gives a discipline nine. So. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it does. It does work, but I think if Amit can combo charge that, then yeah. he might break it. But it's going to be a problem. But the chariots are just going to eat up all the other things. I think. Yeah. Even the plague disciples are going to struggle. Mm. I think it's going to be quite close, but I think in this format, when you only need uh, to win by one point, yeah, I think Amit will probably run away with this one. Yeah, I think he can declare a lot of like longish charges with chariots, just to try and pick up some bits and pieces. Yeah, um, and then just spamming bolt throwers after he like fail charges off elevens and twelves is probably a thing. And just... Yeah, I don't, I don't think it will be a big win. I think it will be an eleven or a twelve. Yeah, that would probably make sense because he's not going to be able to crack. It's too much work, I think, to crack the pendulum or the 50 guys. And Trent's pretty good. I don't think he's going to let his vermin demon get caught. So Yeah, and I, I think as well, if I was Trent, I would probably be deploying on half of the field and pushing on two objectives. Yeah. And I think Amit has to play kind of wide to cover all his bases. Yeah, so but, Trent can probably lock down yes. one, if not a second. So I think I think that the objective is going to be pretty draw drawn on this one, like a drawish yeah. objective. 
but with a small advantage to Trent. But I think there's going to be a bigger advantage to Amit just be able to take points from the small units. Yeah, even if he can just pick up a Dreadmill or some Gisales or something yeah. with the spells, it's going to help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably a fair thing. So, good luck, Trent. But yeah, we, we we'll think Amit, Amit will probably go through on this one. Yeah. So, prove so us wrong, Who's the next game? We've got we've got two uh, two familiar faces. We've got Colin Power and Jack Chapman. Yeah. So, Colin, who won't stop fucking winning things, um, is playing high elves this time. Interesting. And Jack is also playing High Elves. So, ah, so let's take a look at Colin's list. Yeah, you're so the High Elf expert. Yeah, I can't so tell if this is going to be really boring or really interesting. Uh, it's, it's semi-interesting, but let's see. So he's got the he's got this pretty standard um, Queen's Companion Prince build with the spear um, plus Obsidian Rock. Um, he's got a pretty standard Commander build. Just a BSB, uh, Cranry Tower, great weapon in his pants with double F icon and Elu's Heartwood. And then a fairly standard Gryphon build, Commander. Shield, Dragonforge Armor, Demon's Bane, Lance, and Diadem of Protection. I think this is a pretty go-to Commander build. I, I really like yeah. it. So, so far, so good. It's pretty he's, cheap, yeah. Yeah. He's also gone for a Mage on Divination. So... I think you don't always see the com the four characters in Highborn Elves. I think usually yeah, you're probably going to see the mage, the commander, and then either the prince or the griffin guy. Yeah. So he's kind of gone for all of them, which I think is, is a pretty good choice as well. It's somewhat similar to my ETC list. So instead of the griffin commander, I went for a dragon on the mage, but otherwise it's like fairly good, I think, the character section. Uh, yeah. Lancers, I do not understand them. I think they're wasted points, but they're so bad. Yeah, maybe Colin is just better than me. Yeah, I don't know. He seems to make anything work, though. So yeah. I don't think that means Lancers are good. I think maybe assuming Colin's going to win the tournament, because um, <laughs> he's probably one of the best players right now. Uh, we should do a little interview with him and ask him about these Lancers, because because yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Teach us how to play ninth age in general, Libby. Just yeah, yeah. Teach us how to play ninth age. Yeah. All right. So twenty spears with no musician, five lancers with no musician, uh, reavers, five Ramanites with a musician. Then is the meat of his list, <laughs> which is a little <laughs> weird to say that, but uh, he's got nineteen queens guards uh, with a standard bearer, musician, and a banner of Bakami. He's not even got a champion in there, which is a bit beyond me like when you get you all your characters are probably going to go in there so or maybe the mage is going to go in the spears but the the high prince is definitely going in there so having the option to challenge is pretty useful i think yeah then he's got two sea guard reapers and a sky sloop so there's a lot of pew pew um a lot of divination and some fast scoring i don't understand this list no what's he trying to do just shoot. Shoot and zone. And score. So pretty good. Yeah. It has it has a lot of output. Like 19 Queen's Guard is insane. Like, like why aren't the Lancers? Also reroll to hit with them with the divination. Yeah. And give them plus one to hit with a BSB. 
Yeah. And you're quick to fire as well with the, the, the Queen's companion. Right, so they're just gonna lift things between them and the Reapers. Yeah, and, and stuff doesn't really want to go in there. Like, I'm also surprised they didn't put spears on the Queen's Guard. I think I would have taken like one less Queen's Guard and taken a champion and some spears. But yeah, yeah, it's just a weird list. Yeah, I think. Uh, I'm not sure it's that weird. I just I just don't think it's like what you regularly see. I think it's a good list though. Yeah, just the fact there's no Sea Guard, there's no Sword Master, there's just none of the kind of staple things it's gonna confuse me yeah i mean I, th- I think this will struggle against something like um ollie's list because you can't really touch those warriors so much i mean i guess you, you got enough shots maybe uh, yeah, i don't know they're probably just know. gonna walk them down though so it's risky i don't know i think it's i think it's just got enough enough shots to and high strength shots at that just to take stuff off yeah it's a, pseudo, yeah, it's a pseudo gun line, I think, with a lot of uh, fast, high impact threats. Yeah, so what's Jack got then? Jack was group D, was it? Yeah. So, so also high bon elves. Yeah, he's been raving about chariots lately, so it's probably. Yeah, that looks about right. He's got the standard yeah. huntsman. Actually, not so standard. The He's got a uh, huntsman on a chariot. Dragonforge armor with Diadem, Ghostly Guard, and a Kingslayer on the Great Weapon. So that's a one up, one up, four up, or a three up, four up against Magic with Kingslayer. Pretty good build. Um, the only way I would change it is probably use Basalt Infusion instead of Ghostly Guard. Ghostly. Yeah. But I think Ghostly Guard is also fine. And then he's got the second commander on a chariot with the Royal Huntsman shield. Now, this is where the Basalt Infusion is and Tasman of Shielding, so that makes a bit more sense right. with the great weapon as well. And then he's got the Cranary Tower BSB. Then he's got the the Mage with Divination Wizard Master as well. So quite a similar list to Colin. Maybe they're feeding off each other a little bit here. Yeah. Um, he's got Asphad though, so he's Asphad's color is a little bit different. Extra but six inches, extra range, yeah, and yeah. Um, the Drain Magic spell. Yeah. So I think that's uh, a, again a solid, a solid character section. Twenty spears with a musician this time. Five reavers with a bow this time. Then he's got a big unit of Sea Guard with Navigator Banner and Four Command. Seven hundred and eighteen points. Ouch. I think this unit doesn't really work without the spear character, personally. Yeah, it's a bit too expensive with the navigator banner to actually do that much in combat. Otherwise, it's just a shooting block. Um, 24 lion guards with full command, no banner. One reaver chariot, I assume that's just to hang out with the other two characters. And then two Sea Guard Reapers and a Frost Phoenix with Warden's Bond. So this looks more like a high elf list, or sorry, a high born elf list to me. Yeah, this is a bit more got, what you might expect, right? You've got one of the great weapon wielding special units, and you've got a big block of Sea Guard. So. Yeah, I think the, the, the Frost Phoenix synergizes really well with Divination because it's supernal, and you can yeah. put the uh, attribute. Ah, uh, so the minimized roll is just yeah. keep it around forever. Yeah, that that yeah. works pretty well, and I think the the divination combo is really well with the lion guard and also the characters. So I, I think the this list is maybe a bit 
more synergistic than Collins' list. It certainly it certainly gets my seal of approval from like a list building perspective. Yeah, this one looks interesting. The Sea Guard, like you were saying, they were so expensive, seven hundred eighteen points. Yeah, but it is core, so I suppose it's not the end so, of the world. Who do you think has the advantage? Can Colin shoot it all off? Mm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Jack actually probably has the advantage. Yeah, here. because if there's no way Colin fights like no, most of this list. No, I think the Lion Guard are pretty key in this because they have a three up save yeah. against shooting as well. It means that they're yeah, gonna be so. sticking around for a, a while. Um, I think this is Jack's Jack's game to lose. He can definitely push because he's got the Phoenix. Um, he's got the, the probably the unit of chariot guys. And the, he can probably the grab two of the tokens with a block each, can he? And then just yeah, for sure. And he's got he's got uh, the citizen spears for scoring as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think I think the, the this is this is probably a pretty good match for Jack. And then whoever wins this plays whoever wins between Amit and Trent. So I think whoever wins this is going to the final. Yeah, you'd expect so, right? Because, because if, if Amit wins, lists, if Amit wins small, then I, both of these lists are going to be pretty good against the demons. Yeah, and I think they're both good against the vermin either. So I think if whoever wins this is going to be in the final, like. Oh so. yeah, a lot of pressure then. Highborn elves are OP, maybe. That's <laughs> how they've risen since this time last year. When or maybe they just have better players playing. Maybe. It could be a set of you and Fury and just towing the line. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next one is Jeff, who we talked about from our group against Alistair Parrin. So let's quickly yeah, so. go over Jeff's list right now because we kind of we can go over this one a bit quicker. Yeah, so this so. well, this was all the all the all the chariots, all the Feldrax, and all the chaff. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> three barbarian chiefs on chariots, two units of ten lust warriors, two units of fallen, four units of three Feldrax with halberds, three warrior chariots, and two units of flayers with shields and frame weapons. I don't think we need to say any more than that. <laughs> no, it's just somebody needs to stop it at some stage, but yeah. it hasn't happened yet. So, so then, Alistair, I think Alistair. you should take this one because you are the resident Orc and Goblins expert. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so uh, he's got a, a Goblin King on a Gargantula with Shield Breaker on paired weapons and an Obsidian Rock. Seems to be a popular choice at the minute. Uh, Feral Orc Shaman on a Boar with Wizard Master on Taumaturgy. Orc Warlord on a Boar with paired weapons with Supernatural Dexterity. And essence of Mitral. So, three characters. He's got the Warlord. Why is everyone putting their shamans and boars all of a sudden? Has he got no BSP? Uh, he has a Great Green Idol BSP. Uh, okay, yeah. So, he's got, yeah, Warlord thing. Then 13 Orc Boar Riders with shields, Standard Bear, Musician, and a Champion. So, both characters are probably just jumping in there. Yeah. Um, they're just going to be a bust because they're not that great themselves. Then 20 Feralorks with spears and two 20s with paired weapons. No command groups on any of the blocks. So <laughs> keeping them cheap. Yeah. He's got eight cave trolls. So pretty solid. 
get an MR3, they have a 4, four up, but they just require so much babysitting, I think. Yeah. But he's got a big uh, bubble, right? And uh, no, because the Orc Warlord is the general, so he's got ah, yeah. 12 inches from the okay. Orc Warlord. Then two Boar Chariots, pretty solid. Uh, five Goblin Raiders for Chaff, and three Grotlings, so always great Chaff as well, and then two Great Green Idols, and one is the BSB. Quite like this list actually. It's got like a lot of a lot of threats. It's got the the Warlord and the Boars, pretty scary unit. Yeah. It's got two Idols, which can be fairly scary. He's got a big gargantula. He's got a unit of trolls, and he's got the all the orcs for scoring. I, I think this is a solid list. Yeah, I think so too. And um, he's obviously done well getting this far. Yeah, so we've got three monsters, two chariots, and then a big smashy lord. So there's a real team, I think, going between all these lists of chariots and single models, and mm. things being popular. It's quite good, but. Kind of take on Jeff's thing. Yeah, uh, I think it's like. Hmm, I think I think I would say that Alistair probably has the advantage here. I'm not sure because if certain things start to die in Alistair's list, I think it goes wrong horribly quickly. Yeah. So I, I just you start taking out BSBs and generals and stuff like the trolls become useless. Does the like Green that. Idol, does that have Magic Res? Uh, no. No. Because there's going to be Magic Res uh, on, the, on the Big Spider. Yeah, it has Magic Res 2 and the Trolls have Magic Res 3. Yeah. So the I think the Evocation Magic is... I mean, he only really needs to worry about the Snipes, I think. Yeah, the General has no... Yeah, no uh, Aegis save. Special save. Oh, sorry, he's Feral, so he's a 5-up. Okay. But still, that's risky but yeah um i think it's going to be close but i think warriors are just better equipped for this kind of thing than orcs are There's yeah i guess he's, go got the fel- he's still got the feldrax actually yeah yeah so like after you fight wall after wall of chariots you're gonna to have to take on 12 feldrax yeah um, and yeah. at some point the general or something is going to either be run far away or he's going to die and then things are going to start breaking and it's just going to get messy for the orcs i think yeah Okay. So yeah. I think I'm going to give it to Jeff, but I think it's going to be really bloody and close. But the Warriors, with their immunity to discipline issues, I think are going to take it. Hmm, I'm, I'm not sure. I think I think the Orcs could do pretty well here. Those Trolls are going to take some shifting. Are Trolls scoring? No. 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 So he's got four scoring units. I think this which would is be, good for Orcs. Cause I think this would be quite an interesting matchup. Yeah, it'd be a good one to watch for sure. But yeah. I'm gonna back Jeff just because he also like came top of our group. So yeah, if he does good, it makes us look not as bad for <laughs> getting knocked out. You know. Yeah, I think I think Jeff maybe you may be right. Maybe you're right. I think all those chariots. Let's just have another quick look at Jeff's list. Mm, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I think it would be quite close. Yeah. All right, well, let's have a look at the last one. Good. So the last one is... Jacob Cortine and Mikey Newman. Right, so... Mikey's on Vampires, I think, and Jake is on Infernal Dwarves. Where am I well, looking? 
there's not too many dwarves in this list. So Mike Newman, Vampire Covenant. So he's got the Master on Alchemy, the Necromancer, with the General. Uh, Barrow King, BSB, Ghosty Guard, Crown of the Wizard King, Rod of Battle. Interesting build. Quite like it. Second Necromancer on Evocation with Magical Heirloom. Three Banshees. Two times 24 Ghouls. 20 Zombies with a Musician. 27 Barrow Guard with Halberds and plus one to hit. Uh, four Phantom Hosts, six Vampire Knights, and two times two Wing Reapers. So this is quite similar to Ollie's, no, uh, Matt's list, who I played yeah. in the last round. So Banshees and Ghouls are all the rage, are they, and Barrowguard these days? They're... Yeah, Banshees and Barrowguard seems to be the... Yeah. But they, they have Halberds, where, whereas my guys have Hamilton Shield. So, right. but no, no Vampire in this list. I think the, the Vampire Knights are replacing the Vampire. But otherwise, it's pretty similar to Ollie's list. Uh, not Ollie's list, sorry, Matt's list. Matt's list, yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's yeah. let's see who he's playing against. So Jake is down the bottom in group. Yeah. Infernal Dwarves. So I have no idea what this is, so you're going to have to right. take it. So he's got a Prophet and a Great Bull on Occultism with Magic Rise 2. So it's basically just a Wizard Master and a Dragon. He's got a Tauric Commissioner, BSB with Willow's Ward, Basalt Infusion, an Infernal Weapon, Talisman of Shielding, and Luger's Dice. So it's just a really tanky cowboy. What does uh, Luger's Dice do? It, it makes you re-roll... Uh, you can re-roll a dice a turn, I think, or maybe just re-roll a dice once. Okay. Not sure, it's something to do with re-rolls. Uh, um, then he's got an Adept on Pyromancy. For some pew pew. 16 Citadel Guard with flintlock axes. That seems to be the popular choice at the moment. Um, then his list gets pretty unique. So he's got four units of vassals with spears and shields. He's got a 21 and three 20s. Mm, two so these are like things. your hobgoblin guys. Yeah. Um, they're scoring, they're pretty good. When they're around dwarves, they get to reroll their charge ranges and they get battle focus. So they're just super cheap, inches. though. They're super cheap. Yeah, 160 20, points for 20, 20 bodies, just. Yeah. Chaff. yeah, and then the ones with the chieftains can play pretty wide because they get an extra six inches onto their discipline. Okay. Uh, the range to pick up discipline. So. so 24 for the general. Yeah, so they can kind of be anywhere on the board really I guess yeah. picking up things and within reason right? um, yeah you can play quite wide and create problems five Kadeem incarnates um, two Kadeem chariots and the crew have great weapons five vassal cavalry for some chaff two vassal slingshots and then an infernal engine with a rock crusher so it's like d3 3 d3 grinds at strength 6 on a res 7 train with a tree up armor yeah so it's hard to get through hmm. okay so what do we think about this matchup i i think jake wins it yeah i think on the matchup right i mean the, the ball is going to be hard for the vampires to pin down the infernal yeah. engine is is going to be horrid to deal with i mean yeah like the the levy the levies are nothing they will. They won't be. They won't be very useful. I don't think in this matchup. 
Yeah, um, link up, pick up the objectives and just disappear then. Yeah, exactly. The the slingshots. I mean, yeah. Put flammable down, or they can pick yeah. up some wounds, but they can do the flammables so that the Kadim and the Kadim chariot to reroll. Maybe the ghouls in this matchup will be quite good. I think the Kadim eat them. Yeah. I've yeah I haven't used the new Kadim much, but the old Kadim used to love ghouls because you've no armor. Yeah, I guess. So you get all those things for, right? Yeah, he's going to have like. He, I usually run him like four wides. You have four D3 strength four attacks with grinds. And then 15 attacks strength five as well. Okay, so the Kadim so, will do work in this game. Yeah, and some stomps and stuff. I think the Kadim are going to blow up one of those smaller units of ghouls pretty easily yeah, if they get at them. I think even even the, like the Baragard can be kind of ignored a bit. Or yeah. just like he's got a cultism. They only have lethal strike. Do they have lethal strike against everything? Or yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I yeah, think so. he, I think even so, like nothing, nothing can he can uh, Jake can just avoid them if he wants to and just whittle them down with pyro and a bit of shooting. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um. Yeah, I think this is Jake's to. Yeah, I think I think a small win for for Jake is is pretty much uh, on the cards here. But yeah, I think I think this this side of things is a bit tighter than the the top than the first two games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Unless Mikey can, I don't know, just dice off the train and stuff and get a load of lucky, quick combats that lets him walk Jake down quickly but I don't think it's going to happen no cool so uh, what's the what's the points prediction for this one I'm going to give 15 to Jake I think 15 oh I'm going to yeah. say I'm going to say it's a 12 I think it's more he's going to win the secondary and he's going to pick up some things I think so I'm going to give him okay. the 15 alright so uh, that that wraps up the the quarterfinals of House of War, or at least what we're going to predict. So yeah. I think I think what we can do is we'll come back um, next week and, and see how the games went, and then um, talk about the the semifinals. Yeah, should be interesting. Awesome. So uh, thanks again, James, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me again. It's always fun. And we'll we'll speak to you next time. So if you yeah. want to get in touch with the show, you can find us on uh, Twitter, you can find us on SoundCloud, you can find me on the Ninth Age Forum at Henry P. Miller. You can probably find James on the forum as well. Yeah, I think I'm at James McDonnell. So send some shit messages to him if you if you think we've got the predictions all wrong. Yeah, I definitely have. Like I, I clearly know nothing. Well, neither <laughs> of us do if we're not dead. <laughs> we didn't even make it, so yeah. And uh, congrats to the guys that, that made it through the, the group stages. Hopefully you guys are going to make it to the final. Trent, Jeff, we're, we're counting on you guys to, to show us that, to show the rest of the world that we're, we're not as bad as, as we might look. <laughs> yeah, a, Je a Jeff-Trent final will make us look real good. Okay. Yeah, so that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. All right. Cheers, James. I'll see you on the next yeah. one. Cheers, Henry. Thanks.